All right, our message today, we're wrapping up our look at what it means to be the body of Christ and the church of Jesus. We spent the last couple of weeks in Paul's letter to the 1 Corinthians because uh, in 1 Corinthians, his emphasis is greatly on what it means to be a healthy body. Because frankly, the church in ancient Corinth was a mess. It was just a big mess. And so he is trying to help them figure out how to quit being so divisive and so divided and instead stay close to Jesus. And so as he's giving them these instructions, we're going to pick up in chapter 12, uh, the 12th verse, where he talks about uh, the amazing mystery of being a part of the body of Christ. So this is what he shares. Now, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ the Messiah. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given one spirit, one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. So now if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. You see, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, well, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. The parts that are unrepresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. For if one part suffers... Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Can you pray with me and for me? Lord Jesus, uh, it's good to be back with your family and my family once again. We pray today that we might look to you, Jesus, for you are our head and our Lord, and we want to be the best body of Jesus Christ that we can be. And so we need the help of your Spirit with that. And so, Lord, let your Holy Spirit go to work in me and in us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the body 
is an amazing thing, isn't it? I mean, think about it. How miraculous it is just for you and me to be here today rather than there to be nothing here at all. I mean, you can, most of you can probably still wiggle your fingers, right? And you can wiggle your toes. You can go on a hike. You can do all sorts of things in this incredible body. And then there are some things with this body that just should totally astound us. You know, atheists that say there is no God, I just, I don't quite get it. I mean, how could the universe on its own figure out how to produce the intricacy of an eye? The amazing retina and the lens and everything else that goes into being an eye that can see. If you can see today, to me, that expresses the spirit of the Creator who made everything. Because man, an eye is an incredibly complex organism, an organ. And then on top of that is our brain, the stuff between our ears. Again, we have no idea quite how it works. All these little electricity fires in the brain and we remember stuff and we can do stuff and we can plan stuff and we can love others. It's incredibly amazing. And we all ought to be stunned by the amazing gift of the body. But yet Paul says that there is something just as amazing and that what's just as amazing is each of us here together today. Because we also, we are the body of Christ. And individually, we are members of it. And that also is a miraculous and an amazing thing. Because what God can do if we will each do our part and each jump in with both feet and each pour in our hearts and each give our lives, what God can do in the midst of that is an amazing thing. And so he shares with us today what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. He shares a couple of realities about this right out of the gate. He says, listen, I understand it. God brings all sorts of people together and all kinds of people together, brings different people together. But though we're different, having different spiritual gifts and different personalities and different passions and different desires and, and ways we can serve and help uh, our community and world be a better place, uh, what Paul shares is that we are united principally in two areas. The first area, he says, is we are united because Jesus is our head. Jesus is our head. As a community, our focus, our goal, our desire is to be Jesus Christ-centered, to be God-centered, to try to orient all our lives in the same direction, listening to the same voice, guided by the same Spirit and presence, the presence of the Lord Jesus. And these things bring us together no matter how different we are. He says here, whether we're Jewish, 
and we've been religious all our lives and we've known about uh, the, the truth of God all our lives, there's a place here for us. But maybe we're Gentiles and we didn't grow up knowing about God and we didn't grow up knowing about Jesus. There's a place here for us too to learn, to follow, to be a part of the family. And he says, whether we've been slaves, now fortunately there aren't many, as many slaves around today as there used to be, but there is still probably way too many. But he says, even those who are slaves, they're a part of the family too. In the ancient world, they wouldn't have had rights. They wouldn't have had privileges. They would just be there to serve their household or serve their master. But Paul says, once they become part of Jesus's family, they also are valuable to the church, to the body, and to the kingdom. Whether they're free and prosperous, there's a place in the body. And then twice he emphasizes that not just the Lord Jesus as our head is the one that binds us together, but he mentions that the presence of God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, both to be baptized in the one spirit and to drink from the one spirit that it's the holy spirit that unites us together and i've kind of shared that over the last several weeks when we recognize the holy spirit's presence in each other's lives we are forced to see each other as brothers and sisters we cannot see each other as less than that anymore because the holy spirit is the the presence of god in each other's lives and the New Testament is clear that the Holy Spirit has this ability to show up and show out. And so when I look at somebody and say, you know what, they love radically. They're so kind. And they're always seeking to help this person or help that person. I can tell by looking at their life, they're trying to follow Jesus. And the Spirit of Jesus is at work in them. And it doesn't matter, again, what color your skin or where you come from or rich or poor. None of those things matter anymore because now I have seen the Spirit's presence in you and hopefully you've seen the Spirit's presence in me. And Paul tells us this is what binds us together as a body, the Lordship of Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit. But as that binds us together as a body, oftentimes we struggle to live as a body. And so he challenges us in some ways. The first way he says, he kind of wants to give us some encouragement today is this. The first principle, if you'll read verse 15 and 16 with me. Now, if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, start being a part of the body. Paul's first principle for us here today is this. Quit trying to be somebody else. Quit trying to be somebody else. If you're a foot, be the best darn foot you can be. If you're an eye, be the best darn eye. If your ears, be the best ears. If you're a finger, be the best finger. If you're a knuckle, be the best knuckle. Be the best you can be. Quit trying to wish you were somebody else. So, you know, I wish, you know, I told the early service this morning, um, in my younger age, I don't play as much anymore, but I love to play volleyball. And I was, a, I was an okay volleyball player. But my dad is 6'3", and I'm not 6'3". And I kept saying when I was 20 and 21 and 22, it's like, Lord, let me grow just a little more. 
I want to be like dad. If I could be 6'3", then I can really pound the other team with my spikes so much harder. Uh, but it didn't work out. I was stuck at six foot. Chandler may have to get that for me, I'm afraid. He may be the one that uh, he's already passed me in height. I don't, we'll see if he gets to as tall as his grandfather's. But all of us, uh, we can struggle with that, especially early on in our life. I wish I was more athletic like the guys that play football. You know what? I wish I was more pretty and popular like the cheerleaders. I wish... I had a more important position in the company like uh, so-and-so who's vice president. I wish I was this. I wish I was that. So oftentimes, we have heard the negative voices often in our childhood. Sometimes, it's, it's come from parents who just maybe have heard negative voices their whole life too. You're no good. You're never going to amount to anything. You know, you ought to be a son of Satan. You're so bad. And we listen to those evil voices, those negative voices that try to tell us, you shouldn't be who you are. You should be something or somebody else. And Paul's first principle is, is quit being, trying to be something else. God has made you in his image. The stamp of the creator of the universe is on your life. So be the best you you can be, whatever it is. Learn to enjoy being who you are and let Jesus guide you in how to be the best you you can be. He will help you be the best foot or hand or eye or ear if you'll just look for his help and walk with him. So that's the first thing. The second thing that Paul tells us today is down in verse 18. Paul says this, But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Paul's second principle for us is this. If you're here today, it is not by accident. You are here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. You're here because God has brought you to be a part of this community. And there's something that you individually bring to this community that no one else here can bring. And it doesn't matter whether you've only been in the building for a day or two, or if you've been here 20 years, or if you've been here 50 years, there is still something unique about you that you have to offer your gifts, your talents, your passion, your graces, all that you are offering it to the community so that Jesus can be glorified and worshiped. That's why you're here. You're an important piece to the body. And so as we get to know each other, as we build friendships, it's important that we welcome those who are new to the community. To those we don't know, to those we don't recognize, just one, to build friendships and relationships, but secondly, also to kind of say, hey, what kind of gifts do you bring? Is there a place where you'd be willing to serve Jesus in our community or here at church that could help us do more of what Jesus wants to do and be more of what Jesus wants us to be? And we need to be 
doing that together with each other because you are not here by accident. Now, to talk about this just a little more, for instance, if my finger said, Chris, I'm tired of you. I don't want to be a part of the body anymore. I want to do my own thing. So, you know, I get, uh, did y'all bring any axes? No? Oh, good. You know, I get the axe, whack, cut off my finger. Say, okay, finger, you're free. Go do what you can do on your own. How much can that finger do now that he's no longer connected to the body? Absolutely nothing. The finger is dead. And yet we think that if we're not part of what God is doing, that we can somehow find life and joy and fullness too. You know, I love, for instance, that you know, we can broadcast on Facebook and YouTube and all those things since COVID has hit. And that's great because we do have some folks that are shut in. So they've gotten to the age where it's just nearly impossible for them to get here to church and to be a part of the active community very often. And I get that. And so for that reason, that's great. But, you know, if you stay home and you're watching this online because you want to be in your pajamas and you want to sleep a little later and those kind of things, well, that's okay. But, but just realize that if you're just watching us from home, it's like that finger that's kind of disconnected. We're missing out on your presence. We're missing out on your gifts. We're missing out on, on your participation in the community. And that's why it's important that we make time for the family. Whether it's a game night on Friday, or whether it's Sunday morning, or whether it's youth night on Wednesday or children's night, it's important that we make part of the body together. And then secondly, we see other things that can affect the body in negative ways. Sometimes in the body, um, you know, a part of the body becomes selfish. And instead of healing the body, begins to bring harm to the body. It could be a parasite. It could be cancer. It could be an autoimmune type of thing. But whatever it is, when, when we turn the wrong way, when we begin to be more about the latest drama or the latest gossip, or the, then... The presence can harm the body. And so it's important when we come to the body, we think, Lord Jesus, how can I be hopeful? How can I be helpful? How can I support? How can I encourage? How can I bless? How can you use me to heal this body, to strengthen it, to encourage it, to get it producing more and able to accomplish more and able to bring more people to your glory? rather than to be something that destroys. And then as well, I think one of the struggles in a lot of bodies today is sometimes a good third of the body seems paralyzed, right? And so the healthy parts of the body are having to drag around the parts that are just kind of there. And it slows the body down and it can't do as much and it can't accomplish as much. Why? Because some of us stay paralyzed and have quit asking Jesus, Lord, I guess I'm not supposed to go to church just to receive. How can I go to church and give? What can I give? Can I give my prayers? 
Can I give my presence? Can I give my service? Can I give my witness? How can I share my faith at work? How can I share my faith at school? How can I bless others? How can I help the poor? Instead, we come to church and we think, what's it going to give me today? We all, that's an attitude of paralysis. And so Paul is talking about here, how do we have a healthy and whole body that works for God's glory? And so in all this, um, Paul goes on and gives us the next bit of advice in verse 21. He says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, Feet, I don't need you. The next principle we have is we have to beware of the tendency to tell another part of the body filled with the Spirit, following Jesus. You don't have a place here anymore. And brothers and sisters, our culture nationally has gotten to a place where we love telling one another you don't have a place here anymore because your politics are different than my politics or this is different than that but paul reminds us that when we do this divisive thing we are harming the body of christ because ultimately the body is a place that's led by Jesus and filled with the Spirit. And each of us are here together, and we can only be God's best together. If we all thought the same way about everything, we would never be forced to grow and learn and wrestle with the Scriptures and with Jesus more. And so Paul warns us, to not cut off pieces of the body because we don't think they're worth it anymore. And then he goes on and he talks about the less honorable parts and the unpresentable parts that need modesty and the, the, presentable, uh, and the, the weaker parts. Verse 24, he says, God has put the body together, giving, it greater, uh, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. To me, this is probably one of the most interesting things I saw as I studied this this week that I really hadn't noticed much before, and that is this, that Paul says, you know those weaker parts of the body? You know, the parts that don't like to teach Sunday school, and they don't like to get up and share and give a testimony, and they don't like to get up and preach or teach, or they don't, you know, they don't want to be out front, but you know those parts of the body that are a little quieter or a little more hidden or a little more reserved? You know those parts? He says those parts are especially important to the body because those quieter parts, those, those, those shyer parts, they're the parts of the body that help us stay together. Those are the parts that remind us that what we do together is, is really, really important. Those are the parts that remind us what being a part of the body is all about. They're the parts that remind us that there really shouldn't be any division in the body. And so 
we have to find ways to listen to you all who are part of the quiet part of the body better. Because as the church, we want to be Jesus-centered. We want to be led by the will of Jesus and go in the direction of Jesus and do what Jesus wants us to do as a body. We want to be guided by the Spirit. And for that to happen, what Paul is teaching us is that we need to listen closely and carefully to each other. That as we pray together, as we look at God's word together, as we study together, we need to hear not just from the loud parts like me, but I need and we need to hear from the quieter parts like you. How's the Lord speaking to you about where our church is and where our church is going? How's the Lord guiding you about where we need to be involved in mission and ministry and disciple making? How's the Lord speaking to you about how we can be the most healthy body of Jesus we can be for God's glory. All these things are important because it's when we work together that we accomplish the most. Scouts, I think you guys are a good example of this. Now let me ask you, um, y'all are going, if you go camping, is there anybody who doesn't like putting up the tents? Y'all actually like putting up the tents? All of you? Y'all all like setting up camp? How about cooking? Is there anybody that doesn't like doing the cooking? Oh my goodness. Y'all are a bad example then. Some of you are supposed to like cooking, others putting up the tents. Others, you want to be at the front whenever you go on a hike, right? While some of you, you'd rather hang out in the back. See, as scouts, you each have gifts. You each can do different things to make uh, your troop stronger, right? You each, you know, maybe you're doing a project for the church or a project for the school. Some of you makes up the plans. Others of you are the ones that put the plans into motion and build the teepee, right? That's what a body is. That's what a body does. And that's who we're to be as the body of Christ. And so Paul tries to guide us. And the last piece that he guides us in is he says, listen, most of all, a body is a place that should love and care for one another. Right? And I preached on that last Sunday. It's a place that we love and care for one another, that we suffer with the parts of the body that are suffering. We hurt with the parts of the body that are hurting. We rejoice and we honor the parts of the body that are celebrating accomplishments and, and things, good things that God is doing in their life and in their family and their job and their ministry and their schoolwork that ultimately we're bound together to care for each other and god and the lord jesus and the holy spirit need you because you are a part of the body i close with this story and then we head home um, this comes from henry blackaby and his a study on uh, experiencing god he has this little story he tells, and it reminds me of the movie, I think, Stand By Me, maybe. It's, there's always those occasional teenage boy movies, good scout movies, where uh, the kids want to go on an adventure. And so they find the local railroad tracks, and they start walking down the railroad tracks. And so imagine if you're walking down the railroad tracks today, your eyes are looking forward, and they say, hey, 
All's clear for miles. I don't see anything. We're good. We're headed this way. We're going to have a fun adventure. Let's go. And so as the eyes say this, they walk for a mile or two, and everything seems good. And before too long, the ears pipe in and say, Woo-woo. Eyes, brain, I think I hear a whistle coming. I think there must be a train on the way. Maybe we better get off the tracks. The eyes are looking down the tracks and saying, oh, no, oh, no, we're good. I can see for 10 miles. It's a clear and sunny day. It looks great. We're just going to keep on walking because the way is clear. Well, 10, 15 seconds later, there's another. Woo-woo, a little louder this time. And this time the ears perk up again and say, um, I think we really need to get off the tracks because I, I'm quite sure now I hear a train coming. The eyes, once again, they're looking forward and they're saying, no, no, there's no train coming. As I said, I can see in the distance. We're good. We just keep walking this way. So they take a little more time. Everything seems okay. But then not only do the ears pipe up, but now the feet add to the chorus. And said so the feet begin to say to the brain, Hello, brain, Um, I'm starting to feel some vibrations in the train tracks and in the ties that go across. I really think we need to get off this train track. And the ears say, I concur. I think we really need to get off the train tracks too. And the eyes are still saying, but everything looks good in front of us. I think we're okay. But finally, the brain jumps out of the way right as the train zooms by. And sometimes as a church, we can kind of act like that too. Our eyes see the way clearly forward. They think they see everything that needs to be seen. And they're telling the rest of the body, let's go, we're good. But the ears pipe in and say, wait a second, I'm not so sure. And then the feet start piping in and say, we're not too sure either. We, We think maybe it's time to get off the tracks. And as a body, we have to decide together what the next move is for God's glory and what's the best for our safety so that we don't end up squashed by the train. Now, it's a nice little story, but the lesson is, is we need one another. We need to let the Holy Spirit guide each of us. We need to be in conversations in our Sunday schools and small groups. And we need to seek Jesus together so that we might be the kind of body that the Lord Jesus will still want to use and bless and prosper for generations to come.